You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard. We are back. The shutdown is over. It's officially over, Rochelle. 2019. 2019. The undercard is back. The shutdown's over. We compromised. Well. <laughs> so that was a little vacation. It's been fun. <laughs> we come back to a studio that's a warm 53 degrees. Mm. It's actually nicer outside. I know. How many layers let's do, do we have on? <laughs> let's, let's do a remote outside. Uh, so anyways, uh, but... What a 2018 it was, not only for the undercard, but we have to start off really quickly by giving um, mad props to Tony Harrison. Super bad. Super bad himself. Uh, If you remember, and if you have an undercard. Wait, I feel it. You feel heat coming up? Yeah. All right, good. It it just takes a minute, I guess, to just get going. Get the gears going. If uh, you've been with us from the get-go. Uh, the undercard had a Tony Harrison card, and on the back of the Tony Harrison Our card, only card was uh, it said that the most complete boxer in Detroit, and I meant it back then, still mean it now. Uh, growing in this business, I was able to see Tony Harrison come up, and I felt that he had the ability to become a world champion but not only did he become a world champion he became the wbc super welterweight champion the belt that i like the most the wbc belt uh winning by uh unanimous decision not only did he win by unanimous decision um had to battle which was uh, so i didn't get to go to the fight i was in columbus so i did listen to the fight uh, with the announcers um I thought that everything was for Jermel Charlo. I thought that the lead up, everything was for the Charlo brothers. And even the boxing announcers weren't given Tony credit for the way he boxed. And what he did is fought a perfect fight, uh, stick and moved, uh, was able to counter, was getting there quicker than Charlo. And... The best thing about this is that he's in the driver's seat now. He he beat one of the uh, the chosen one, you know, the, the Charlo brothers, who um, it it looked like you know PBC wanted to um, be successful, and you know some people didn't like the decision. I was very okay with the decision. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you know. Did Tony disrupt Charlo out of his game? Yes. 
So if you look at it that way and it comes down to scoring and you score it that way, Tony controlled the fight because Charlo was not able to execute his game plan and Tony showed amazing stamina um, through 12 rounds and is now uh, proudly the WBC champion. I always have to go to my partner in crime, Bob Ryder, to uh, to see certain things, but it's been a long time since we've had a WBC champion. The green belt. Tommy I mean, Hearns was the last one. I, we're we're still trying to check that, but I think it, it was Tommy. Um, so December twenty second. A great day in Detroit boxing, which happened in in, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, Tony Harrison's now your WBC champion. And so congratulations, Tony. I'm sure at some point we'll have him back on the show. And if you know what a champion and Tony is in the ring, he's just as much of a champion out of the ring for what he does for the community, his gym, um, what he gives back to the kids that are part of his gym. And let, let's not forget um, a lot of people that Tony has had around him for his success, his coaching staff um, and, and people around them. Congratulations to all of them. And, I mean, big win, Rochelle. Huge. I mean, he was huge. I mean, huge. if I had to pick a belt. <laughs> it's the pretty it's, green one. It's the, yeah, WBC. Um, I, I love the WBC belt, you know, the the belt that sometimes people talk about is the ring magazine belt. And I think that's because Rocky used it. But if you're a boxing guy, it's the green belt, the Ferrari leather. It's the gold. It, it's just freaking an amazing belt. And I'm sure Tony Harrison is uh, having a, a great time with it and enjoying it. And I don't even want to talk about possibilities right now for Tony because it's endless. There's just a million names out there. Enjoy the moment when you get the phone call. I know Tony's going to outwork his opponent. Uh, and then we'll see what happens in the ring from there. So that happened December 22nd. We will stay along the theme of boxing as we do kind of a little recap since we've been you know, back here. There's been a couple, probably two full moons since we've done a show maybe. We'd have to look. Probably, probably a couple full moons. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, also in boxing. Oh, that's right. We were here recently, but it wasn't even for a show. It was just for a party. Correct. It yeah, is a big week in boxing. It is uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, versus Broner. I mean, I was trying to think about how to talk and give some thoughts on this. And then... I really had to think about it. But what I did come up with is they're not the best boxers out there anymore, especially Manny Pacquiao. Uh, 41 years of age, I can relate to that. Um, Broner's been on on the downward spiral, supposedly stole, allegedly stole jewelry, might have some more legal problems. But they're the biggest names in boxing they're still top 10 biggest names. So that's what this fight happening Saturday at the MGM Grand Arena has going for it. Is that, are they the best boxers anymore? No, but they're still the best names out there. There's not too many names bigger than Pacquiao and Broner. Um, the undercard stacked. 
Uh, you got Warren fighting from Cincinnati, Ohio. You got Jack, obviously, um, on Mayweather's Jack fighting. And it's a relatively good card. Now, it's a pay-per-view event. And as you know, HBO has since bowed out of uh, covering boxing for a little bit. And so I'm curious the numbers, but I'm not 100% mad if they're low. And here's the reason why. Pay-per-view is a U.S. phenomenon, okay? So what happens is the people that have the broadcasting rights, and Pacquiao is a worldwide brand, go to networks around the world, and they say, hey, to air it on free TV, you owe this much money. And so if the pay-per-view numbers are low, I still think that the viewership's going to be high worldwide because I think Pacquiao will have um, a lot of people watching around the world. Um I, I I thought about this fight a lot. I'll actually be at the fight um, in Vegas, but I think Pacquiao stops him in seven. And for no reason except that a couple people have told me that Pacquiao's looking like Pacquiao of old. He's back with Freddie Roach. And I don't know how ready you can be there just seems like so much distractions around broner's life right now that um i don't know how you focus i really i really don't maybe maybe you can but it seems like a fight of this magnitude um is just second nature for pacquiao he has a million distractions he does it he's a politician um is on you know I don't know if he was on Jimmy Kimmel this week, but traditionally his tradition was always to go on Jimmy Kimmel. He likes the circus, and because Manny Pacquiao just does it, that's fine. I don't know if Broner can get away from some of these distractions that are still there. And so if I was a betting man, and I am, I'd pick Manny Pacquiao, and I would have him win in seven or less. And I just think it's because... The punching combinations, I think that Broner will be looking for counters, but I think Manny will dictate the uh, fight, and I think he will um, crowd Broner. You know, just my opinion. And so we have a big fight on our hands. Not bad, right? Good good start to 2019. Um, this uh, past week in boxing, we had uh, PBC on a Sunday night, and can I tell you, how much I love Sunday night boxing. Somebody was complaining about it online, a friend of mine. Um, when you lose every Friday, Saturday of your life due to the fight game, I mean, if if that's what you do, and that's what I do, it's nice to have an occasional Friday, Saturday off and then watch on Sunday. I'm not a huge pro football guy, so I, you know, I don't care that it was competing against a game or was on on at the same time. But I thought it was cool that PBC did it on a Sunday night. And um, I I guess it would be the first big fight of the year. And uh, you had Caleb Plant um, winning. Congratulations. Against? Uh, uh, Hold on. Uztakaki. 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 Am I correct? Jose. (laughs) No way, Jose. Now, I butcher names all the time, but Boom Boom Mancini was butchering it. I've heard it pronounced three different ways by people that 
also only work in the fight game. So this one, I feel like I get a, a get out oh, of yeah. jail yeah, free being... card because even he, even Jose I it three different ways was saying like pronounce it this way, and that was a way that I had not heard anybody pronounced it. Right. Um, quick recap on that fight. Uh, Plant looked awesome in the beginning. I mean, he he looks like a you know, like a almost a Lomachenko type fighter, just fast on his feet and unbelievable reflexes. But what happened is uh, Caleb Plant did start to gas at the end. About the seventh. Um, yeah, I think on my scorecard I had it about the seventh. He had scored two knockdowns, which I didn't see happening uh, before the fight, but was able to connect and uh, knocked Jose twice. Down, so that's uh, two points in his favor. Um, I had it closer than the judges had it. The two knockdowns were huge for Plant winning on my card, but I was very comfortable with the decision, and it's nice that we started off with no controversy. And as Jose came along and was able to connect connect with Plant, Plant had some trouble with some cuts around the eye. Just he willed himself to win. And I guess the coolest thing about it is sometimes a fighter that knows they're ahead will stop uh, engaging. I didn't see that with Plant too much. I, I thought that Plant was still uh, giving a show to the crowd. And so it was nice to see. And it wasn't like he fought a, a non-tough opponent. He fought somebody with a lot of power. Showed <clears throat> the ability to get hit on the chin. The first knockdown, I believe it was, he got caught on the... No, it might have been the second. Second knockdown, he got caught on the chin, and then uh, Uz Kataki got uh, also hit on the chin, and Jose went down. Mm -hmm. Um, But a good start to the year on free TV, PBC, and, you know, what, what more can you ask for in the boxing world but to, like, start off on a Sunday... Good stuff. Now we got uh, Pacquiao fighting. Uh, I can't tell you um, how big Pacquiao fighting in Vegas is. I, I've, I've seen it before. I compare it maybe to what Beatlemania was. Uh, I don't know if he still has the crowd that comes and follows him worldwide, but I remember I think it was the Bradley first fight, just, just looking around going, you just, there's, only so many global superstars, right? And Manny Pacquiao was bigger than Floyd Mayweather ever was. There was there was like David Beckham. Um, help me out here. David Beckham, Manny Pacquiao. Who else would be a global superstar? Like even if you didn't know soccer or football, as they call it, their football, you knew David Beckham. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't know boxing, you heard of Manny Pacquiao. I'm I'm trying to think. There there's not too many global superstars like that. Mayweather might be now just because he's so rich. Jordan. Jordan, probably. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you could go to a town in China and they probably know Jordan mm-hmm. because of the branding and everything. So I'm anxious to see from a business side if if, if Manny Pacquiao still has that draw. Um because I mean he is older. Is this fight relevant it's only relevant in the fact that if Pacquiao wins and Mayweather decides to come back for a fight which I believe Mayweather's going to come back for a fight um I, I that's the only relevance there I think he comes back for another payday uh Oscar De La Hoya 
over the past week has said that Triple G three versus uh, Canelo is looking like um, Cinco de Mayo uh, weekend in Vegas, as it always is. I mean, it's uh, Mexican holidays are huge for boxing. I could see Mayweather trying to swoop in and try to because of his hatred for Oscar De La Hoya. I saw on his Twitter this past month that he for no reason just took a shot at oscar de la hoya again i could see him trying to steal the thunder away from that fight and and if you think that canelo's huge deal with the zone doesn't piss off mayweather it does i mean the guaranteed money that canelo's gonna get for these six or seven fights that are part of this the zone deal what, three, Manny, three six three hundred sixty million I don't want to misquote it. You could look it up, but it's a lot. Something along those lines. It's a huge, it's huge insane. thing. Back that up, though. That's some. That's like two years of payroll for the Cubs. Think about that. That's like two years. That's what they do in two years. Like Major Always League Baseball. About baseball. I like baseball. <laughs> so I could see Mayweather trying to do that. Manny Pacquiao looks good. Stops uh, Broner. It could happen as soon as May. Um, uh, Mayweather fought over <laughs> over the in Japan in Japan for uh, Ryzen and uh, exhibition. It was exhibition against a much smaller opponent. Three rounds, uh, eight ounce gloves, and uh, yeah, my thought is you're getting paid. God bless you. I think he made eight or nine million. Um, so I don't care about that. Fighters in the past have fought exhibitions. For sure, I know Iron Mike Tyson fought exhibitions because I, I, I did see those occasionally worldwide. So um, all these haters out there that are saying it's an exhibition, this or that, Floyd's I – mean, if you're going to get $8 million. Um, Paulie uh, from Showtime said it best, though. It was almost like an appearance fee for just being there. So almost like going to a club for $8 million. And he said that the, he didn't believe the fight was fixed, but he believed that the other guy was just so much smaller that Floyd was able to walk through. Um, the most surprising thing about it is Floyd doesn't fight that way. If you've ever watched Floyd, I mean, he literally was chasing the guy down and first off, knocking the guy down. And then second off was was bringing the offense. We all know that Floyd uh, fought in the pocket and was defensive and stuff. So either... And, and trust me, Floyd's that smart. Either they knew that this guy had no shot whatsoever against him, um, and that's why they took it, or, you know, guns a-blazing because it's only three rounds. There was going to be no decision. It was a, a complete exhibition. Mm -hmm. An argument I got on line with some people is, uh, and I, I, my opinion, actually, I'm going to ask him this week. Uh, he'll probably say off the record though. Uh, he says he didn't train Mayweather and people believe that. I don't fucking believe that for a second. I believe it just, I, I believe he trained for it. I, I just, I don't see Mayweather who has to be the best at everything. I don't everything, think he was sitting not training. on his ass. I don't think exactly. he was, but I don't think he was training as if he was going into the ring for a 12 rounder. Maybe not, but he was training. Well, but sure. I mean, you're not going to leave that much to chance. I don't think that he exhibition or not. Yeah. I don't think that he does it on a regular basis anyway. I'm sure he's in the gym. Oh yeah. Still. I mean, why not? Right. That's what he knows. He'll be back. He'll be back at a much bigger level. Um, 
I think one more one more fight. Why not? It, especially, you know what? This this could have been putting your feet in the pond, lake, ocean. How how well he felt, which once again would lean to he had to do a little bit of training. Because mm-hmm. I mean, now now the funny thing is when you you grow up a fan of 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 anybody. So like when I grew up, Lance Parrish, Ken Griffey, they're always years ahead of you. Do you think but he the, would fight Canelo again? Hell no. Canelo would probably win too. That's why. No, that when he he fought once again, like Floyd, maybe with this kickboxer in Japan, he's so smart. He picked Canelo when he was still like, uh, what's that line in Guardians of the Galaxy? Not ripe yet, or (laughs) the 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 fruit that everyone wants to eat. They knew he was still raw. Right, it's not ripe. He uh, Canelo not ripe back then. now Canelo is much smarter in the prime of his life, later 20s. No, they don't touch that with, no. And um, the way Canelo gets big now, like mm. big mm-hmm. for fights, no, that would never happen. But, uh, you know, Floyd has the ability to figure that out, and maybe Pacquiao-Floyd happens again. But I do believe, oh, so, yeah, you got me off track there really quick. Right. So when you grow up as a kid, you you like uh, people that are older than you. Then all of a sudden you catch up to the people that are your age that you're covering. So Floyd's around my age, give or take a little bit. Uh, Manny Pacquiao is exactly my age. And here's the thing. We age so much quicker. We, a week for us is like six months in a young kid's body. So I, I really do think that if Floyd was thinking of coming back, there had to be some training involved and to see what his body was like. And and where he goes from there, um, but I think we covered everything boxing. You got my pick. I am going to Vegas. I am going to take my uh, phone and try to get some interviews with some people that will play uh, next week. Maybe have some good guests on. Maybe have some good sound bites. Maybe maybe just have fun. Uh, Thursday night, uh, Mayweather Promotions is throwing a boxing event, which they do sometimes during big big boxing weeks. And then Saturday, you got the big pay-per-view on uh, Showtime. For the sake of argument, though, because everyone's going to panic, we'll go back to the pay-per-view numbers. If the pay-per-views are quite low, everybody's going to say this is the death of pay-per-view. Eddie Hearn uh, is going to say it's the death of pay-per-view. Everybody's going to come out and say, see, I told you. Uh, Eddie Hearn actually said there's only two people that can sell pay-per-view, Canelo Alvarez and uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather. So, you know, they there are going to be people looking at these numbers. I'm telling you, don't analyze the numbers too much. And then once again, realize that these aren't the best boxers out there anymore. They're just some of the biggest names still in the sport. And um, I don't think Showtime's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, the zone has a pretty unique platform. PBC has changed everything. Uh, if you would have told me two years ago when I was at a PBC show covering it, uh, like a Robert Easter show or something like that in Toledo, if you would have said like these guys would still be around in two years, I would say no. I can't believe how much has changed. Yeah, because we used to it used to be on Bounce TV, right? So now better deal, right? Right, and everything's working. Heyman's got everything working, and they don't um, have ring girls. No, and which was a problem, right? Because yeah, twice yeah. in the fight, uh, you had fighters asking their corners. Plant asked. Uh, so, if you've not been to a PBC show, very rarely do they use ring girls, if if they ever do. And and some people say that ring girls aren't a huge part of the game, but uh, 
I've covered PBC events without ring girls and have forgotten what round it is. They don't tell you. They don't have it on a video board at the Huntington Center or wherever. And then uh, you don't know how important it is to the corner because they lose track. So Caleb Plant asks, I believe in the seventh round, what round it was, and his corner incorrectly answered the sixth round. Mm -hmm. Then Jose Ukataki, there we go, said how many rounds left and his corner said four and I'm scoring it and there was only 10, 11, 12. So I'm like, no, there's only three. So it does play a part. You kind of, and especially in a 12 round fight, you do lose track. The corner so much focusing yeah, on. You don't want to use a ring girl. Like you said, you got to, you got to have it somewhere. It's made for TV, PBC. When, especially two years ago when me and Bob Ryder would go cover it. It was like, uh, I can't tell you. It was like a warehouse. They didn't even let the ring announcer get in the ring. The ring announcer was in the ring this past week, but like they didn't. It was. It's made for TV, and then they mm. put the media far, far away. Right. That's what he said. Right, because they didn't care. They had the TV coverage. We don't care what you write about us. Fight news. Fight news, which is one of the biggest places to get your news. They didn't care. They're like we were literally in a skybox. And so, and then I couldn't hear the scores, and I'd have to run down the stairwell <laughs> to hear the scores. Sometimes go down all the way to the refs, which I've known from Ohio for a long time, and get the scores, and then run it all the way back, and then write my my paragraph on it on a quick bout report. But we are going to go to our first break. I don't know if Jimmy is calling in or not. He he's texting that he needs the number. What is the number here? I don't know. We're going to try to get Jimmy the number and uh, have him call. He's hard at work uh, doing theater stuff. He just messaged us. Oh, Jimmy City, we could call him right now. So let's call Jimmy right now. Then we'll go to a break. It's Jimmy's world. We just live in it. All right. Hold on. I don't even know if I have Jimmy's number. <laughs> Good radio. Good podcast. You talk. So when we do come back after the break, after we're done talking to Jimmy, we are going to dive into a little bit of MMA, what has happened in the MMA world. I don't know. There was a big fight that was moved from Vegas the week of to California. I actually had a friend, Greg, who that was his Christmas gift, and then it got moved. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but let's dial up Jimmy really quick. Hello, Jimmy. You are live on the hey. air on the undercard. How are you, buddy? I, I'm I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> good. Hold We're Mark. Hold on one second. Okay. Hold on one second. Even good radio here. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Sorry about that. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, hey. We're marching towards three hundred. Uh, the first fi- the fifteen first fifteen minutes. I just covered boxing. Um, First thing I covered is Tony Harrison. We have our first WBC champion, Green Belt, since we believe Thomas the Hitman Hearns. I'm, I'm trying to 100% yeah. confirm that, um, but which is absolutely I think you're awesome. Right. I mean, I, I, I think you're correct. Uh, we covered that, and then we covered uh, the Pacquiao Broner fight, which is happening this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave my prediction yes. of Pac- Pacquiao winning in seven. So. Oh, really? See, I'm going to take Broner. All right, I like it. I like <laughs> yeah. it. In I what think, I think reasoning? Pacquiao, Pacquiao's good, but Pacquiao's old. He's slowing down. 
he, if it goes to the end, I think Pacquiao will win by points, but I think Bronner's going to stop it before then. Wow. That's a, that, that's huge. Because like I, I yeah. would think Broner could only win by decision, but you, you could be right. I mean, he, he looks incredibly huge in every image I've seen of him. Uh, Broner looks <laughs> yeah. Broner looks huge. Uh, yeah, he I, definitely I got swole. Yeah, he got big. He got big. Yeah. Uh, the point I was talking about Pacquiao and Broner, which is an inter- interesting point, um, they're not the best. They're not even in the top. 30 fighters out there anymore, but they are in the top mm-hmm. 10 names out there. And that's what makes the mm-hmm. fight interesting. So they're, they're, they're popular. They're the top 10 boxers popularity, right. but their talent, they're not even in the top 30 anymore, but you know, right. yeah. Um, so but we had, but talent doesn't counts. Not what sells it's brand recognition. It's name, you know, that that's what people, people know the name Manny Pacquiao. People know the name Adrian Broner. So, that's what's going to, you know, sell the fight. You know, you got, you got a lot of fighters out there that skill wise are much better than these big name, uh, boxers and even some MMA fighters, but you know, they don't have that recognition, that worldwide recognition or even stateside recognition that, you know, people like Bronner and, um, Pacquiao and Mayweather and, you know, McGregor, you know, you, when you think of those names, people hear those names, you know, even my mom knows who Manny Pacquiao is. The kids, you know, know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's what sells a fight, you know, not, not skill. It's who, your brand, your, your name, you know, that's, that's what sells, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a boxer. It doesn't matter if you're an MMA fighter. It doesn't matter if you're an actor. It doesn't matter if you're an advertising, what sells is not what you can do, but how you brand yourself. The better you brand yourself, whether it be for positive or for negative, um, if people know your name, people are going to want to see you, you know, use you. You know, those are the fights that are going to sell. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, that's that's half the game. There, You know how many fighters that were probably better than some of the talent that we know name-wise that just didn't have good management, mm-hmm. a break here or there? Yeah. Or fighters avoided them. Yeah. I mean, if if you're, if you're right. good enough in boxing, you you yeah. probably are avoided. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's something that I think is hurting the sport more than anything else. Is that you got fighters that are ducking because they want to, you know, keep that O, or you know, they're not going to push a challenge. And you know, what's that uh, um, that, that line from? Um, oh, what is that movie? Tro- uh, Troy with. Um, uh, uh, um, Brad Pitt, when they're talking to Achilles, Brad Pitt, and they're like, you know, we wouldn't fight, you know, because of what or whatever. And then he turns to him, he says, and that is why no one will remember your name. Right. The exact same thing, you know? Yeah. But see, the Mayweather started that zero, zero, that O thing, because traditionally in the past, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, everybody stumbled somewhere in their career, um, including Manny Pacquiao, right. who has six losses, I think, or maybe even maybe even mm-hmm. more. Um, but, you know, it's still considered one of one of the greatest fighters of all time. I, I think that's part of the problem is that. Uh, you know what? Some some losses are learning experiences, and and you just continue on. Actually, we've I talk with matchmakers all the time about this. Sometimes a loss is a good thing in your career because people now will mm-hmm. fight you 
because they they see right. a chink in the armor, and you can come back right. and train where you wouldn't have got the right. fight if you were ten and zero. Nine and one right, sounds exactly. better than ten and zero if you're going to face them. Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we are. No, I hundred percent agree. Uh, so what what did you think about the UFC moving? For John Jones, when we were gone, so they moved it from Las I Vegas mean, to Los Angeles. You, you, the week you know of. how I feel about you know how I feel about John Jones. So <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, we're going to leave it there. I think he should have been removed from the sport a long time ago. He had his chances. He keeps messing up. Um, to me, he should be done. Never fight again. Never fight again. He's done. But he had his chance. He screwed it up multiple times. Okay, but now experts on the Joe Rogan show and Dana White had these experts. They're saying that this is so their reasoning was he's still testing for the thing he tested for in the summer. It's just not as left left his system. And they had scientists saying, listen, he hasn't redone it again. It just hasn't left his system. And it's point zero 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 such and such. Nevada wouldn't allow it. They move it to Los Angeles. So I got to go. I got to go. OK, I got to go. I got to go. Bye. <laughs> wow. And just like that, he's gone. Wow. All John right. Jones found him. <laughs> John Jones is looking good talk. All right, we're going to go to break, do some MMA shooting, and then uh, this is like a sound check. we we, we got to gradually get back into this. So uh, it's going to be a short podcast this week. Uh, but I, like I said, I am going out to Vegas. I hope to bring a lot of content back. If I don't, it meant I partied way too much. But I will try to bring back some content, and um, we'll go from there. You're listening to The Undercard. Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the undercard. Uh, so we're going to cover a little bit of MMA, and then we're going to wrap it up. And like I said, uh, hopefully I bring some content back from Vegas next week. Uh, we also have some guests. I think Cody's bringing in some people that are fighting February 8th. February 8th, though, at Motor City Casino, the main event has been announced. Uh, I can't believe this main event because talking about people out there that um, you know, have the talent to do well. Isaiah Jones is going against Leonardo Tyner. I cannot credit this quote to myself. This actually comes from uh, KP Boxing, if you know him, John, and uh, a good guy. But uh, uh, Tyner's become like the gatekeeper for the young talent, <laughs> whether or not you, you can, can pass him, or you not. can pass him or you not. Cortez not and uh, you know, like yeah. So this is his new role. And uh, we know Tyner will be in shape. We know Tyner's going to uh, be his best. But we also know Isaiah Jones is an incredible talent. Uh, there's only maybe three or four people. I'm not talking the Eric DeLeons. I'm not talking the Tony Harrisons anymore, the the people that are out there fighting big TV. I'm talking, like, the people that are moving up. I'd put Isaiah Jones in a a select group of people, maybe three from from Detroit that have a chance to – to go out there and do some stuff. So this fight's going to be great. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com, or you can go to the soundboard office or buy from a local fighter. Uh, but February 8th, Carlos does it again, and it's going to be a good show. Um, oh, man, I'm getting a phone call, but we'll try to figure that out later. Uh, anyways, let's go back to MMA. Sorry. <laughs> One phone call distracts me like crazy. Uh, so this uh, past Christmas break, uh, 
John Jones was uh, fighting Gustafsson, and uh, the Jones uh, test again for a trace of something that he tested for before. It's very confusing. But UFC does the unthinkable as the fight will not happen in Nevada anymore, and they move it during fight week to California. It's it's weird because I knew somebody that was directly affected by this. His Christmas gift from his dad was UFC in Las Vegas. And then all of a sudden his Christmas gift gets here and it's not going to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be in Los Angeles. I think UFC did a good job of trying to accommodate those fans. But a couple things. One, if you're a fighter and you're fighting in Nevada, there is no state income tax. In California, there's definitely a state income tax. And so these fighters were making less money. When asked by a reporter about it, Dana White says, no one's paying my taxes. So they weren't going to get extra compensation for moving. And it's not easy for people that plan in advance to go support. I'm not talking the main event people. I'm talking the people on the undercard to just all of a sudden California. And Vegas to California, the cost difference is night and day. In Vegas, you can find rooms for $21. In Los Angeles, you will not find a room for $21. So uh, UFC does the unthinkable in the fight game and move it during fight week, and it's kind of a success. John Jones starts off slow versus uh, Gustafsson, and um, you start thinking, hey, John Jones might not have it anymore, doesn't have it, and then just Gradually, he starts to dominate and become John Jones and then uh, takes the will out of Gustafsson and ends the fight. And the great thing is that John Jones is now going to maybe be fighting uh, earlier than we thought. It looks like they're looking 235. I think they've already put him on it. Um, and then down the road, every fight, the fight that everybody wants to see, and the only way I want to see this is Daniel Cormier versus John Jones, and I want to see it at heavyweight. The challenge here is that we've seen what John Jones can do uh, when Daniel Cormier is not fighting at heavyweight. So let's move John Jones up to heavyweight. Let's let Daniel Cormier um, not have to cut weight and see see where we're at. And that's the fight that I think every UFC fan wants to see. And that's the one we're going to be waiting for. We are still waiting, and it's coming soon. Uh, ben Askren, the debut of Ben Askren is uh, weeks away now. Um, covering Bellator back in the day, I can tell you Ben Askren is the best I've ever seen up close. And it, it's one of those things where you don't realize he's that good unless you kind of follow the sport. And I never saw Ben Askren lose 10 seconds of a fight. He just didn't know how to finish people, but he always had positioning. I'm I'm super excited for Ben Askren to be here. I'm hoping that Ben Askren is the same Ben Askren I remember back in the day where he kind of will mouth off to anybody. And I think he's going to bring a lot of excitement to the UFC. Not your traditional rock star, but a guy that, um, maybe people can get behind. Uh, I don't know. That's somebody. We got our studio shaking for some reason, but um, almost like a Khabib, in which it makes it look so easy. 
and you underappreciate the skill that goes in into what Ben Askren is doing. And uh, also uh, in in news this coming week, uh, UFC moves to ESPN, and this is a move that I'm excited to see. I'll probably record it and see it when I come back from Vegas. But I'm excited to see the production value. Uh, the commercial slots are showing that. It's going to be unparalleled access to UFC fighters, and this is this is the big time. I mean, this is uh, no matter what you say, um, you know, ESPN down, ESPN's up, ESPN. It's still ESPN. Everybody knows ESPN, almost like Jimmy was talking about. His mom knows ESPN. If you're not a sports fan, you know the ESPN network, and uh, UFC gets to go here. And uh, TJ Dillashaw, who is a tremendous champ, and absolutely knows exactly what he wants to uh, accomplish in the game is doing something that I think is absolutely great in going down and, and cutting weight and fighting at flyweight. And Dillashaw is an easy pick, but he's cutting weight. So it's not an easy pick. And so when our picks come out on our Facebook, which is facebook.com backslash radio undercard, I'm sure every one of us that picks is going to be thinking that, all right, TJ's never thought here. He's got some mathematician guru helping him cut weight, and and they have this process. It's not going to be bath salts. It's not going to be dehydration. It's some natural cut. And then on, um, oh, what show is it? The, the Luke Thomas show. Some people were even speculating, then what if Dillashaw went up to, uh, went up a weight class Pass um, two weight classes up above flyweight and held three belts. I think you were looking way ahead of it, but people are really excited about this fight to see. Um, also this weekend, uh, one that I think is a must win for both fighters. We're going to go down the card a little bit. Is uh, Rachel Ostevich, uh four and four versus Paige Van Zant seven and four. A lot of sizzle, not a lot of stake with both these people. So uh, as Jimmy was pointing out, and something that we know. They're marketable because they're good looking. Paige Van Zant was on Dancing with Stars because she's good looking. Yeah, and Ostovich is actually favored to win by like a hundred points or hundred and fifty points. Or so something. she okay. So um and Rachel Ostovich is not hard on the eyes either. So you you have a fight though that both of them to continue their fight career have to make a statement. Ostevich is coming off the domestic violence stuff, the distraction of Greg Hardy, which is the co-main event. I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. I want to see Ostevich's weight cut before I make my prediction. Um, but uh, it's a must win for Paige Van Zandt. You fall seven and five. Are Is UFC going to cut you? No. But if you're Rachel Ostevich, four and five, you might, maybe. This is a must win for both fighters, and that's the one on the card um, besides uh, the Hardy debut that really interests me. But the UFC has put together an amazing card, and we have that this weekend. This is an incredible fight weekend. Also, there's a couple fights happening on Friday out of Vegas. Um, So look for like a ton of picks from everybody that's associated with the show. And I want to... 
thank you guys for listening for the last uh, hour as we ramble. Once again, uh, the show's dedicated to Tony Harrison. Congratulations on the WBC championship. we um super proud of you. Um, knew you would do it. And there, there you are, uh, the green belt. Uh, Rochelle, care to add anything? Uh, no, I'm good. That's a lot of insight. I know. I know. I'm tired. I know. Did Cody message us? Yes, he did. Oh, yes. He's just leaving the gym. Something about a guy. So, you may want to. Okay. No problems. All right. So, everybody, I apologize about that. We are back. We are going to be on on Tuesdays. Content coming back from Vegas. Uh, And see you next week. Mm -hmm.